It's time to ignite your life, empowering from the inside out. Stop comparing yourself to others. Imagine creating your lifeliness the way you choose. This is Now Women Ignite. You're about to meet some amazing entrepreneurs who will share their journey and the ups and downs that led them to where they are today. Listen with an open mind and heart. Now, here is your host, Karen Wright. It's time to ignite your life, empowering from the inside out. Stop comparing yourself to others. Imagine creating your liveliness the way you choose. This is now Women Ignite. Today, our guest is Brooke Walters. Brooke, how are you doing today? Doing perfect, thanks. How are you? I am doing wonderful. Our show title today is called The Healing Power of Sharing Your Own Story. And I love the fact that Brooke is here today to share her powerful story with all of us. Each of us have a story. Have you ever felt alone or in adversity? Like maybe no one else could possibly understand? Today, we're going to find out what that's like and how we can overcome and become the best that we are known to be. Brooke, as we start today, I would love you to um, join with me because every episode... I have a time where we just ground and I invite my listeners to do the same. And this is a way we can put our ego behind all the technology difficulties that we have. We just like, let it go, give it to God, the universe. And we're leaning in with our heart. So listeners and cross your legs and get comfortable in your seat. And I invite you to close your eyes as we do. So just take a deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. Another deep breath in and out through your mouth. And one more deep breath in through your nose and out through your mouth. And now putting your hands around your shoulders, like giving yourself a big hug, repeating this phrase, I am worthy of my love three times to yourself. I am worthy of my love. I am worthy of my love. I am worthy of my love. Another deep breath in and releasing and tapping on your chest three times, repeating the word accept, 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 accept. Another deep breath in and releasing. Listeners, thank you for doing this with us. It's always important to be present, to be in the now as I do my episode with Now Women Ignite, igniting all of us together, men and women alike. And um, this world is a wonderful place and having Brick with us today is absolutely amazing. And Brick, um, you're you're new to me, and I'm so excited to have you on this podcast today. Tell us a little bit about um, who Brooke is. Oh, that's a good question, a big question. Um, Who I am, well, right now, I am a mother of five kids, and I am a writer. And I get to stay home with my kids during the day. And I love that. Um, but kind of, I guess that's me today. But where I got to how I am today is maybe more of why you, why you want me on your show today. Um, so I am, a, um, I was an army wife uh, years ago, 15 years ago. I married this boy, so cute. Um, and he had the best ears that just stuck out just a little bit. Uh-huh. And he was such, such a good guy. And he was a physician assistant in the army. And uh, we, we met and got married right at the time that he was, um, that he received his commission into the army. And we, we moved together to Fort Lewis, Washington. And uh, we spent about a year and a half there. And we had a little girl and her name was Reagan. And, and we were so happy. We, I felt like I was living the dream, um, everything I ever wanted, truly. And uh, then um, five weeks after she was born, 
he was deployed to Afghanistan. And uh, so he was a physician assistant. So he was the uh, medical provider for the battalion there. And uh, five weeks after he left, I had my little two month old baby. And um, one day I was feeding her and I heard this knock at the door. And uh, I, I hopped up uh, to see who it was. And as I approached the door, I could see through the glass on the side of the door, um, these two soldiers that were in their dress green uniforms. And I thought, that's weird. That's, I wonder why they're here. If they're just doing like a family checkup on, you know, wives that have been left behind or something. And I opened the door and I noticed that immediately I felt like something was off. Um, I couldn't put my finger on it. I thought, I truly thought they were just there for a visit, but I, I felt like something was off. And so I invited them in and I invited them to sit down and I'm holding my, you know, my newborn baby and, and they wouldn't sit down. And uh, I said, go ahead and sit down. And uh, um, then one of them said, um, Mrs. Jenkins, we regret to inform you that your husband, Captain Corey Jenkins, as believed to have been killed in action. Mm. It was, I don't think it could have hurt more if someone had swung a baseball bat at my head, you know, yeah. like it, it was so violent, like inside of me, inside of my head, inside of my body. I, I can't think of another word to describe it. And yeah, I don't think there's any, I don't know how someone would, handle that kind of news it's uh, the word that you said violent it felt so violent like someone just like hit you with a baseball bat yeah and I I remember just like going inside of going inside of myself and I remember just saying over and over oh my god oh my god oh my god and it was like this desperate plea this prayer like the most sincere desperate prayer that I've ever offered before. And uh, I remember I kind of came out of it a little bit and I, and I realized I was holding this baby and I didn't like, where did she come from? I didn't, I didn't recognize her. I didn't, it was a very out of body experience. Um, But then I very quickly had to, it was like the switch went off in my brain and I recognized my daughter and I recognized this can't just be about you. This is about you have other people to take care of and you have business that you need to take care of. And you, you, you have to be the one um, because there's nobody else. And uh, that was a really, that was a benchmark moment as well. Like this recognizing that, that it depends on me and that I have to be the strong one because people rely on me. Um, So Brick, Let's walk through maybe just a little bit with our listeners and what were the steps like what I mean, there's a lot of planning, a lot that needs to go on through loss. And especially when it's your partner, the love of your life, you almost how did you how did you go through? How did you figure it out? Like you said, you kind of like realize you're the only one that can take care of this now. You know what? You're right. There are so many steps to loss. And I remember right after, um, right after he said that, you know, it it is believed that your, that your husband has been killed. And I latched onto those words. It is believed. And I thought you, so you're just guessing. So there's a chance that this isn't true. Like how rude of you to come into my house and throw this possibility, but not necessarily truth at me. And I was really, like and I instantly went to bargaining mode um, and like this. Okay. So you're telling me that there's a possibility, like what kind of a possibility are we talking here? And I was almost like in a fight, in a debate with this poor kid, you know, he's probably, he didn't know that he had signed up for this job when he was, when he first went into the army, he's this 22 year old kid. And I'm trying to debate him to figure out the truth here. And he says, I'm sorry, man, there's um, poor wording. There's no possibility. Uh, he's gone. And um, I discovered that he was in on a goodwill mission. 
The book Now or Never, Shine Baby Shine, is authored by number one international best-selling author Karen Wright. Karen's book invites readers to learn and grow through every aspect of her life. She invites all who have experienced any loss in their life to take time, read, and feel her words as she opens her soul page after page. Through each twist and turn of her journey, Karen invites her readers to heal and become the person you are truly meant to be. Find your truth, live now, and shine. Visit shinenowornever.com or look for the book on Amazon.com. Improvised explosive advice blew, a device blew up and it uh, rocked there. It's called a striker. It looks kind of like a tank. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were six men inside and four of them died. And all four of them had infants. Uh, huh. Three of them, newborns. And, uh, and so learning all these things, I went from bargaining also to anger. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was so much anger there that someone could m- just make that choice, and it was final. Make that choice for my family and for all of these other families because there were there were four of us, um, and then there was nothing we could do about it. And so it was interesting. I'd always heard about these steps of grief and the steps of of moving through loss, but it was it was like a textbook almost. You know, not that anybody's anybody's um, grief can be tracked like a textbook, but it was to see all of those things manifest in my manifest in my life was really, really interesting. Cause I I'm fascinated by the way people's brains work and I'm fascinated by human response to situations. And uh, it was interesting to watch it in myself that it, it's true. Like you cannot escape that process. There's no going around grief. You can't, like circumvent it and escape certain parts of it. It just, it is what it is. And, uh, and you have to go through all of it. There's no, there's no debating that. There's no avoiding that. Anyway, it was, uh, it was hard. And the hardest part really was having to show up for somebody else. I really, I think that that's true was um, I didn't want to eat, but I was a nursing mother. And so I didn't eat for me. I ate for my baby. So that she could, she could be nourished, and uh, it was, it was, uh, I guess the really I use the word a lot, but violent is the only is the only word I could describe. Um, but that part didn't last forever. Yeah, which thank goodness. So, the other four, the other three that were with your husband, did you know their wives at the time, or did this bring you guys together? That is such a good question. So. Um, one of the wives I did know, I had kind of a, an acquaintance relationship with her mm-hmm. and, uh, we pretty immediately reached out to each other. Um, but about three or four weeks after, um, after they passed away, I got this phone call from, from a woman and I didn't reckon, I thought it was another reporter calling. There was a lot of news coverage and that kind of thing. It was a number I didn't recognize and I didn't want to deal with it. But I got this phone call and I decided to answer it. And this woman answered and she said, hi, my name is Lisa Hallett. And I racked my brain, Lisa Hallett, how do I know that name? And then I realized Hallett was the name. Um, Captain John Hallett was the was the commander of that uh, striker, of that uh, mission that they went on, that goodwill mission. And that he was one of the ones that had passed away. And she reached out to me and she basically just said, you know, do you want to do dinner? I, I figure we've got a lot in common. And, um, oh. and I was really grateful for that. And so we set up a dinner appointment and I went to her house and it was amazing to me that, so not only did she have a newborn that was even younger than mine, um, when her husband passed, her baby was three weeks old, born after her husband had left. She also had a two-year-old and a three-year-old. And I watched somebody else's struggle that was, if it's possible, even harder than my own. And uh, I would sit and talk with her and I would look in her eyes and I would like, I would see myself. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was jarring and really comforting at the same time. It was jarring because what I saw was horrifying. It was really uncomfortable uh, and to recognize that I looked the same way, but it was, 
it was really comforting because I felt like I was the only one that there were, that there was nobody else like me out that out there. And so she would sit and talk and she would say things like she would refer to her husband in the present tense. She would ask things like, you know, what, how does your husband dress? How does Corey dress? Or how does he respond to this kind of thing? And she would always use the present tense. And I, and I thought I feel the same way. I, I could see myself in her and everybody else would talk about him in the past tense. And that was so ugly and uncomfortable for me, but she knew. And so we were bonded together instantly. And we, I sent her a text last night, just, you know, just, and now we're just chatting back and forth about ridiculous things about our 17 year olds and how they're, you know, how they're behaving. But um, we are, we are bonded together forever because there is something there that, that we share that, that other people just won't ever really be able to wrap their minds around. Right. So, so, so great. what year was this when he passed? 2009, August 25th, 2009. Okay. And so since then you have been friends with, um, tell me her name again. Lisa. Her name's Lisa. Lisa. Yeah. Lisa. And, um, is she local then? She lives in Seattle. Well, not Seattle, Tacoma. And, uh, I live in Utah right now. So, but she, she came to Utah to run a race a couple of months ago and she stayed in my house and, so we we try to take the opportunity to see each other every year or two and um and we are back and forth on the phone and text and it's it's amazing. Even though we're separated by probably twelve hundred miles, that it's there's still that connection there. Yeah. And I think that's very powerful. I love the fact that um you were aware and recognized yourself in her. Like to me, that is very powerful um, where a lot of times we think we're not that, you know, like maybe we're worse off or not as bad. And you were sitting there and I'm sure you're like going, oh, my gosh, I've got one child. She's got three. It doesn't make it any easier or harder. It's just it is what it is. And your life right now during that time was extraordinary and it was difficult. But knowing that you weren't alone. Do you, um, for those people, I know there's many listeners listening that have lost loved ones that have um, endured, you know, to me, there's all sorts of loss, right? I lost my daughter when she was 18 suddenly. Um, and my my parents and my brother within months of each other in 2021. So um, loss is all around us. And whether it's in losing a loved one or loss of a job or loss in divorce or any sort of loss, how, what words would you tell people? How, how did you get through that time? You hit on such a good point because this is something that I recognized pretty early on. This fact that grief is just a human experience and it doesn't have to be loss of somebody that you love all on um, unrealized expectations. Like it starts from the time that we are one or two years old and we want something and we don't get it. Mm-hmm. You know, we have this expectation that we'll get to go to the park and then that is dashed and then you throw a fit. Um, or you get to be a little older and you're seven years old and you have this expectation that you'll have your close friend with you all the time and then they move to another state and you grieve over that because it's an unrealized expectation. And then you get to be 20 and you're dating somebody and you have all of these visions wrapped up in, you know, what your life might be with this person. And then the relationship ends and there's grief there. Um, Or you didn't get into the school that you wanted to get into Mm -hmm. Um, or your marriage was, was ended or you lost your spouse or, I mean, unrealized expectations is a, it might be the most universal experience. And uh, and it hurts. It hurts really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but early on, I recognized that, like you said, I could I could see myself in her, but that even though everybody else out there couldn't relate to my exact experience, because it's a fairly unique experience, they could relate to unrealized expectations, and they could relate to grief. And I felt this, like, um, I developed this need to communicate and 
relate with that universal human experience, Mm -hmm. no matter what their loss was or their unrealized expectation was, um, I could still relate to them. And so I thought, I've always been, not always, in my adult life, I've been one who likes to write down my feelings. As I write them down and as I find the exact word to represent what I'm saying, I learn about myself. Stephen King said something along the lines of, um, I write to find out what I think. Mm. And uh, that is totally me. I, as I'm writing, I formulate uh, my thoughts. I formulate my opinions and I understand who I am and where I'm coming from. And so I, I needed to write. I had a desperate need to write so that I could understand myself. Um, but as I was doing it, I recognized that it was that other people could see themselves in my experience as well, even if their experience was a divorce Mm -hmm. or their experience was, you know, whatever, fill in the blank, whatever your loss is. Um, And so I shifted from this almost journaling effort to, to record what I was experienced for my personal sake to a, an effort to make my experience relatable across the board so that anybody who read it could see themselves in my experience. Um, And so I decided to turn it into a book. And that was really where the biggest healing was for me was to, was to, to write it down and make it relatable. So tell us the name of your book and when it was published. It's called coming home. um, And it came out in June of 2021. It's available on Amazon. Um, and it was years, years in the making, lots of years of just thinking about it. And then more years of brainstorming and mm-hmm. even more years of drafts. And, but it was very cathartic when I got to the end of it. I was going to say, um, I wrote a book also with, with the loss of my daughter, my life story, typing the memoir of it all. And, um, how did you find it? Did you find it was healing for you? Um, like, what were the experiences of the process? We have just four minutes until break. So let's see if we can, like, short, short-term short this. If not, we'll come back afterwards and finish it. So don't worry about it. But I just want to. Um, so the process was, first of all, it was, it was a very emotional process. Um, I would find myself trying to formulate the right words and, I I would have to dig so deep inside of me because it's vitally important to me that what I put down is an exact representation of what I was feeling and what I was experiencing. Like I need the right word. I need the right comparison, metaphors, all those things to really represent it. And in doing so, it was like I was reliving it all over again. And I would hem and haw over you know, writing, especially those really powerful moments, like the moment when I found out that he passed away or um, the moment when I learned the details of what happened or all just all of these different, very impactful moments. And I, um, I just grieved again. And I would sit at my computer and I would, and I would sob, you know, till I was shaking. And, uh, and I didn't realize that, that it was still all inside of me like that. You know, something as time goes on, there's less outward grieving. You know, I find myself, maybe I'll only cry about it once a year on a birthday or something like that. But that process brought back more emotion than I'm sure anything that I could have done. Um, but doing it um, brought so much healing as well. I was so grateful for that. I felt like... I learned something through that process that I couldn't have achieved any other way. I learned something about myself and moved through emotions that I'd maybe stuffed down and didn't want to deal with. It was, it was so good. Uh, writing, I would recommend writing for anybody who is, is dealing with loss. Well, they say, I mean, you talk to therapists or counselors and they're always like, write down your feelings and journal and all of that. And I love the fact that you actually, you actually had a, you, back when this happened, you started a blog, it said. 
he started a blog and talking about it. And so the words like from the get-go, you were experiencing and sharing with other people as a young, as a young mom, a young wife, a widow, like how powerful is that? It's it's so helpful. Yeah. I think that is totally amazing. And listeners, um, I want you to to think about this for a moment. The importance of writing, the importance of feeling who you are, feeling your emotions, feeling and be able to write them and express them in words. And I think a lot of times it gives us permission to let go, give us permission to feel. It gives us permission to be who we truly are. Um, I believe in society, we're not taught to have emotions. We're taught to bury our emotions. And like you said, Crystal, um, Brooke, that you were kind of like, oh my gosh, like, here we go. Like emotions started to come up and forward. And so listeners, for for a minute, while we go into, bur- into break, I want you just to think a little bit about the power that Brooke has, the power that she did in order to write and in order to journal and start a blog and write her feelings down and publish the book, Coming Home, that you can get on Amazon, and I can't wait to read it, so I'm excited for that. Um, listeners, we're going into break, and we'll be right back after this message. The book Now or Never, Shine Baby Shine, is authored by number one international best-selling author Karen Wright. Karen's book invites readers to learn and grow through every aspect of her life. She invites all who have experienced any loss in their life to take time, read, and feel her words as she opens her soul page after page. Through each twist and turn of her journey, Karen invites her readers to heal and become the person you are truly meant to be. Find your truth, live now, and shine. Visit shinenowornever.com or look for the book on amazon.com. Everyone knows a realtor. A seasoned realtor, Karen Wright, has the experience and the knowledge of this crazy market. Whether you are a first-time homeowner, downsizing, or divorced, Karen understands the importance of easing the pressure for her clients. A hands-on realtor, Karen has been known to paint rooms, box up toys, bring food to her exhausted clients, and even help them find movers and cleaners to help simplify the process. She reminds her clients to take a deep breath and trust in her. For your next real estate needs, remember Karen Wright at Realty Paths Summit. Visit yourbestmoveyet.net. Listeners, welcome back to Now Women Ignite. We have had the privilege of the first part of the show to listen and share some stories with Brooke Walters. Brooke is here sharing about her life journey um, as a young mom with a little two-month-old losing her husband. And... um, tragically. And so during that time of her loss, what she was able to do by helping other people, there's something I want to jump into Brooke really quick. And I'm going to kind of throw you because I didn't tell you about this. So here we go. Um, Affirmations has been a very powerful tool in my life. And um, I think affirmation, whether we realize it or not, we are what we think and we become what we think. And you went through a time in your life where you go through the grief process, but being able to come up and um, and to move forward and to bring that light and um, healing to other people through your book, you've done amazing with it. Each each episode, I like to share an affirmation with my listeners. And so I have a deck of cards, my own personal affirmation cards are called the now cards. And I always just shuffle them up, whatever pops out, pops out. I never look at the card. And so it's a surprise to me and a surprise for my guests. And as I read it, I would love you to share with the listeners what pops into your mind. Okay, sure. Fair enough. You ready for this? So the affirmation is, if I saw myself the way God sees me, I would smile. How does that? Yeah. Isn't that kind of cool? Like, how does that make you feel? What are your thoughts? If I saw myself the way God sees me, I would smile. You know what I think? That is one gift that I know that I received through all the difficult experiences that I've had to go through. And I do, I really feel like it is a gift because I, I like affirmations as well. And there are times that I've found myself, you know, standing in the mirror standing in front of the mirror and just repeating things over and over to try and convince myself that I'm strong enough to do what it is that I need to do. Mm-hmm. But through this whole process, I, I'm going to share, I'm going to share an experience with you actually. Hey, that, I that love it. Thank you. 
something just came to mind. Okay, so my little girl, she was, again, two months old when my husband passed away. So she does her well checks every, you know, three months before they're a year old. I take her into the doctor. And when she was nine months old, I took her into a well check and she needed some vaccinations. And I, um, I am deathly, deathly afraid of needles. Just, gosh, they make my skin crawl, but I care about my daughter. I want her to have the care that she needs, you know, so I I take her in and the doctor tells me that she needs some vaccinations. And he says, if you will just hold her down while I give her these vaccinations, um, that's usually how we do it. That way they don't wiggle and they don't get hurt. And and so uh, he, he laid her on the table and I was to hold her kind of her head, you know, and they pin her legs down and they were going to give her three different shots in her legs. And uh, I, I've got my face kind of over hers and uh, I know it's going to hurt. So I'm just trying to distract her a little bit, you know, and, um, and the shots go in and she, she just bucks and she screams. You know, she's just so irritated and upset that she's being hurt. And I'm uh, standing over her and I'm cradling her head and I feel guilty because I'm a mom. We feel guilty. And uh, I feel sad that she's hurt. And I, you know, just keep whispering her, you know, you can do it. You're almost done. It's, it hurts, but, but this is, you know, this is necessary. I don't think I said that, but this is what I'm thinking, you know? Yeah. And trying to reassure her. And I'm feeling so much like empathy for her. And I'm in, I'm in her experience and I'm in her pain and I'm trying to comfort her every way that I can. And so finally it's done, you know, it takes five seconds and she's still screaming and I call her out of the doctor and I grab one of the suckers from the front desk and I throw it in her mouth and I car and we start driving home. And within a couple of minutes, she's asleep in the backseat. And I look in my rearview mirror and I can see her sleeping back there. And, and then I hear this voice say, the way that you feel about her in this experience is the way that I feel about you in your experience. Hmm. And, uh, um, and I just had this moment where he, where he taught me that, you know, there are, sometimes there are vaccinations that you have to get as an adult that are these really uncomfortable life experiences. These, these things that happen that really, they they just have to happen. Mm -hmm. They have to happen. It's a, it's a, it's an experience of a mortal world and we can't avoid them. Um, and God, God lets them happen, but he also, is the one that's standing over us, holding our hands, cradling our heads, um, you know, whispering how much he loves us and how strong he thinks we are and that we can do it and that it's going to be okay. And he would be, he would be lacking if he didn't let those experiences happen. Like he recognizes that, the growth that comes from that pain or the protection or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and that he, he lets it happen because he, he wants us to be the best that we can be. And because we, because we live in this world and there's sometimes there's just not a lot you can do about it. Um, but I, I felt so much empathy for her and, and pain, uh, but also support. And I recognize that God, feels the exact same way for me as I'm kicking and screaming and, you know, throwing a fit through whatever it is that I'm going through. He, he looks at me and he just thinks I'm doing this for you and you're going to be okay. And you're, you're big enough. You're strong enough. You can do it. And I want you to be even better than you are and even stronger than you are. So just stick with me, stick with me and, and we'll get there together. And I was so grateful for that experience to, to feel like I could see my daughter the way that he sees me and have an experience where I could recognize the way that, that he operates for me. And uh, it was really powerful. And then going forward in my life, um, 
every time there's a hard thing that comes up, I remember that. I remember the way that he looks at me and the way that he, he just wants me to succeed and he wants me to be stronger. And so sometimes there's those pesky vaccinations that come as we, as we get stronger. I love that. I appreciate you sharing that story. Listeners, remember the affirmation. If I saw myself the way God sees me, I would smile. And I love the story because I do relate with that so much. There's times in your life where you don't know how you made it through when you look back, you know, but that's when God has carried you, Christ has carried you, whatever your beliefs are, the angels, whatever they are, they have carried you through that to make you stronger. And I think um, I love the fact that you talk about your daughter and the vaccination because we all have that those times. And as a parent, I've always thought about how important it is to love unconditionally your kids the way God loves us and allow them to experience life, make their choices, know that they're loved and supported. You're not going to condemn them, but you're there to be with them side by side because each of them have to go through their, their adventures. I call them adventures, you know, the ups and downs of life. And that's how we learn and grow. I have them. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot going on with labels and um, expectations. And I know in life, there's been labels that have been placed on me that I haven't really liked, but I allowed to happen until I became aware and kind of woke up and decided, nah, I'm not that label. I'm not that person. I'm evolving and growing. Do you have any labels or things that are not like your favorite that maybe have been placed on you, Brooke? Now, are we talking about labels that we feel like are that have been placed on us that we don't necessarily feel are accurate or ones that maybe we can see are accurate and we decide that we need to move past or through those onto something better? I think both would be helpful right now to share with our listeners because I think this is true. There's stuff that we feel about ourselves and then there's others that the outside world has put on us. So either or. I like that. Um, I guess the first one that comes to mind is probably one that is true. And I, you know, I've, I've received this label and then I could see it in myself. And I thought, I don't like that. Like I can be, I can be better than that. Um, and, uh, that label is, you know, I'm a, I'm a go-getter. Like I'm, I'm a task oriented. You can do it, pull yourselves by your bootstraps, get it done kind of person. Like I'm just, I'm a doer. And, uh, my, my whole life, really, I've had to be the one that is, is the strong one. And, uh, but as a result of that, I can kind of go into a task before people mentality, like putting a, a get it done, um, mentality over the relationships that are around me, or maybe, you know, just plow through people in order to make it happen a little bit because it's got to be done. So we just, we just need to do it. Um, I've had, you know, people in my life say to me, you know, this is who you are, or this is what I recognize in you. And at first that really hurts. Are you serious? Is that, is that who I am? Is that what I do? And I hated that label because that's, I, I like that skill that I have of getting things done. But the, what I want to be known for more than anything is my ability to, to love people and to connect to people. What, what are we, if we're not connected and loving to people? Mm -hmm. And so it felt super ugly to me. Like I hated that idea. And so I have had to, to take a good look at myself and kind of this maybe bit of a label name tag that I have for myself, like the cutthroat, get it done kind of gal Mm -hmm. and recognize that I don't have to, I don't have to be that way. I can, I can be, be a doer and still, I can be a doer and still be gentle um, and be careful with the people that are around me. And so that has been a never ending process for me of like just slowing down through the difficult or slowing down through the task and recognizing that there, there are personalities around me, that there are souls around me that still need love, that still need support and they still need me to speak gently to them. And, um, and so that's been, yeah, that's probably will be a never ending process for me. 
Um, I, love, I love the fact that you're aware with that. And you also, there's something that happened a couple of years ago that you had to fight through that maybe being, having that little bit of, I'm going to get through this helped you. Will you share with the listeners what you went through? Yeah. Um, so one of the first things that I noticed um, from this experience was I was writing. I was in the middle of writing my book and I was typing away at my laptop every day. And I noticed that um, my fingers were starting to go numb. And uh, and I, I just wasn't, I couldn't type very well. I thought that was weird. I thought I was getting carpal tunnel because I was spending so much time at the computer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then, you know, I just kind of noticed this numbness in my fingertips, even when I wasn't typing. And, and then uh, I was just waking up with these occasional horrible neck aches. And they were really uncomfortable, but then they would pass. Um, and then I'd get another one a week or two later. And it was, I mean, it felt like I needed to go to the chiropractor so bad, so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then they just started increasing in frequency. And then it got to the point where almost every single morning when I woke up, I felt like my neck was broken. And, uh, and then the numbness started spreading and it spread into my arms and then it was spread into my shoulders and then down my back and then spread into my legs. And I, I was a very physical person. I ran marathons and I tripped over my feet all the time. And I got to be where I shuffled when I walked and I tried to pick up my knees and I couldn't, I struggled to pick up my two-year-old and uh, I was terrified. Um, but I, I, I went through the whole medical process, all the, you know, different specialists and things and trying to figure out what it is. And then finally, I, I went to somebody that I knew because I felt like they would have some accountability for me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he ordered in a, a, some special MRI for me and I got it done. And I remember I went into his office and he said, um, you know, you, we've got your scan back and you have a mass in your spinal cord. And, uh, I've got to tell you, so I have remarried. Mm-hmm. I remarried two and a half years after my husband died. Um, his name is Ryan. He's wonderful. But before me, he was married to a woman who died from a brain tumor. And uh, she died right about the same time that my husband died. Mm-hmm. And so as I'm sitting in this doctor's office, I'm by myself. Um, but he's telling me, you have cancer in your spinal cord. The first thing I'm thinking is, there is no way I can tell my husband this. There, I, I, I can't do it. I get like, I mean, I know I have to, but he, he's already buried one wife from here, and um, I was so terrified. But I called him and I said, "I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry." He kept saying, "I'm sorry," over and over again. And I said, "I've got, I've got a tumor just right at the base of my brain," and um. And we, we clung together and it was, it was again, violent. Oh my gosh. Like the, the pain was violent and the experience was violent, but, um, through all of that, after a few weeks, I went in and they were able to, to take out the tumor and I was able to, to move past that experience. And it's just the, just the resection of it alone. I didn't need to go through chemotherapy or anything like that or radiation. Um, but it left me physically very diminished from what I once was. Like I said, I, I, I played high school sports. I ran multiple marathons and half marathons. Like my, my body was something that I could always rely on. Mm-hmm. And now that was gone to, you know, talking about unrealized expectations. Like you expect that you're going to have your physical health past 33 years old. Right. Um, that you're going to have a strong body past 33 years old. And then it was gone. I went from 33 to probably 75 as far as the way that my body felt and will feel for the rest of my life um, overnight. And uh, I, but I will tell you that difficult experiences build on each other if you let them as far as your knowledge. So I already knew that I had the ability to kick butt when it came to really difficult experiences trying to bring me down and not letting. Um, and so I looked at it like, okay, this is chapter two. 
so this is, this is the next chapter and what am I going to do about it? And am I going to roll over and just, you know, stay in my bed all day and accept the fact that life sucks. And, you know, now my body sucks and this is just the way it's going to be. And, um, I, I was so grateful for prior experiences to show me like, girl, you got this. Like, this is not harder than that other thing that you went through. It's a different hard, but it's not harder and you can do it. Just put your head down and do it. And, uh, again, smiling as I, as I, you know, can see the way that God sees me, I, I recognized coming from him that this is one more experience to make me what he wants me to be. And he wants me to be awesome. And I would not trade for a million years, either experience. You know, I'm, I'm missing my young body. I'm missing my spouse that passed away, but what I've gained um, in my life and what I've grown and what I've learned, like those are so valuable that I sometimes I almost want to pinch myself when I feel like I can say this today, but it was a worthy trade. Like I am so grateful that I, that I can understand other people, that I have empathy for other people. I have empathy now for people's failing bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, I have empathy for loss. I have empathy for struggle, for mental health struggles, for, you know, all of these things that I had to, to dig through and swim through in the process. I am, um, anyway, I am grateful that they build on each other. And I'm, and I'm grateful that I am learning every day that I can do hard things and everybody can, like everybody can do hard things. A lot of times people will come to me and say, I could never do what you have done. Well, I didn't have a choice. And it's amazing to do. It's amazing to what you can do when no one gives you a choice. Mm-hmm. And you can totally, you could totally do it. You just, you just have to trust in something bigger than yourself and put your head down and do it. Yeah. And you can wallow or you can, or you can do it. Those are your options. I agree with that. And I also agree. We do have a choice. Just exactly what you said. We can stay put or we can pull up our bootstraps and move forward, like you said. Um, and the choice is ours and we get to decide. And I love the fact that that you're able to be here and exp- share with the listeners what you've been through. I mean, life, life brings us things and we get to decide really how we're going to deal with them. And, and through everything that as humans that we go through, it's only making us stronger and gives us more empathy for others. And I love it because you aspire to other people. And I believe that's what we're here for is to aspire and lift other people up through our hardships, through the times where we're like, we have to go through those dark hours. We have to truly find ourselves, but we're, we're never alone. You know, we are connected with our higher power, our goddess within inside of us, our divinity of who we really are, what our souls are. And our souls are here to like experience the things they're supposed to experience, to be able to learn and grow and move on. And, um, you know, the cancer, I mean, it's a vicious thing and people go through it, but they survive and you're a survivor more, more than one way. And I love the fact that you remarried to Ryan. And that you have now, what, total five children? Yes. So he had, uh, you know, in his previous marriage, they had a little boy. Uh, she discovered she had this brain tumor when she was pregnant with their first. Oh, my gosh. So they went through this whole struggle, and she went into remission for a little bit, and then she came out, and he, she passed away when he was three. And then I had my little girl, and um, obviously my husband passed away when she was just a little tiny baby. But uh, we met when my daughter was two. Um, and then we we're married about a year later and we have the three kids together. Um, and again, like I would never trade in a million years what I have now. Right. Um, I am so grateful, like just love multiplies and uh, I can love my first husband and I still will. And I still work on my relationship with him on our anniversaries. And on the day that he passed away, I go and I, and I write letters to him and I sit and talk with him and I, and I relive 
um, traditions that we had. And I'm building that relationship with him. And then I have my relationship with Ryan. And obviously I'm working on that every single day. And that love multiplies. There is, there is so much that has come into my life and my son Noah that I wouldn't have had. Um, Ryan's son, my son, uh, to imagine that I maybe would not have had that, a life that I would not have had him. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really, it's, life is good. And I love that I can have gone through all these kind of crazy steps in life and still, no, not still, um, because of have this amazing life on the other side. It's blessed, lucky, whatever you want to call it. It's, I'm so grateful. And the gratitude that will continue to fulfill as long as you're aware and you see it. And to me, I think about this and, you know, your husband that passed away and Ryan's wife that passed, you know, they're on the other side cheering you guys on going, they got this, you know, we're there together. We're going to make sure that it works. And so I just, I love that. Um, We're about to close. We have a couple minutes and listeners, I word advice from Brooke, when one thing you can tell the Tell my listeners, like, is it one word or an affirmation that's really true to you that we can leave with them today? Uh, ooh, that's a good question. So I know that your like the the point of your podcast, the point of your platform is now, um, and that people need to do things in the now. Um, but I have this little phrase, and I hope it doesn't it doesn't counter that, but it's a different way to look at it. Um, and uh, and that is that now is not forever. And, uh, you know, I had this moment, I was sitting in uh, rehab after they took my cancer out and I was like, so hopeless and so discouraged, uh, at what I was dealing with. And, uh, and I just had this thought come into my head, not forever snapshot of pain that you're in right now. It's, it's, it's not going to look that way 10 years down the road. It's not going to look that way 20 years down the road. And so remind yourself that when you're slogging through uh, the most difficult or the most painful, that, that this isn't forever, that you can do, you can do anything for, for a limited amount of time and that you can move through it and just wait and see what is down the line, but don't get bogged down so much in that this, in the heart of now that you you don't do that you don't feel hope and happiness i love that listeners now is not forever and i appreciate that affirmation so much our other affirmation is today if i saw myself the way god sees me i would smile brooke i appreciate you so much for being with us on the show today and listeners as always the breath is a gift of life choose now and live Have an amazing, amazing day. And thank you for choosing to be here now. Until next time, sending you all love and light. Thank you for sharing your time with us. Now, Women Ignite can be heard monthly on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We look forward to you joining us again.